Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we'll explore the power of owning our emotions. We're going to talk about how we can work with our emotions rather than having them work against us. Research says that high-performing teams have one thing in common, psychological safety. We'll learn what that is and how we can create it, and it involves addressing emotion. Now, I know some believe that emotions have no place in business. This view is short-sighted. Although emotions can be hard to embrace, and for some, even hard to talk about, by ignoring them, we miss an important opportunity to both build our connection with ourselves and leverage all that we have to bring to our work as leaders and our lives. In our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Angela Akawa, who is both a psychotherapist and a certified integral coach through New Ventures West. She'll be here to share her experience on the topic. As we step into owning our emotions, we can drive high performance in ourselves and our teams. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. As many of you know, the mission of this show is to create a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy lives that will do three things. First, help us connect to ourselves. Second, help us to regenerate the state of our inner world. And last, to help us generate fuel to bring our contribution out into the world. So what is inner force? We define it as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. And it's already within each of us. Our inner force lies below the level of what we know to be our personality that we show the world. When we talk about our deepest, most authentic self, we're talking about connecting to the you with the quote, capital Y in you, as Oprah talks about, versus the you of our personality with the small Y, which is what we often show the world. Accessing our inner force requires development of a skill that we may or may not have, which is the skill of self-attunement, and that's something we'll be diving into more deeply today. We define self-attunement as a physiological and emotional sensing of one's own current experience, rhythm, mood, and needs. And we'll spend time talking today about tactics of how to do this with our emotions. Now, last week, we introduced the concept of fueling up as an alternative to self-care. And this is worth talking a bit about here because there is a connection between how fueled up we are and how our emotions show up. We discussed how it's critical that we do things every day and throughout the day in order to put fuel in our tank. We asked a series of questions across our head, heart, and body to start to unpack what is happening with us mentally, emotionally, and physically, which of course are all inextricably connected. In our practice of the week, we added to the one-on-one meeting that we've been doing with ourselves by suggesting that we set an intention at the beginning of the day of one thing we could do to fuel up, and then added a second one-on-one meeting with ourselves to self-reflect and check in on how that went. And I'm wondering if you stepped into this and how it went for you. We'd love to hear any questions or comments you might have, which you can send to us at info at fuelinnerforce.com. So today, we'll walk through the steps required in the process of owning emotions and talk about why it matters. Now, given that this is such a tough subject for a lot of people, I'd like to start with the why. And one of the biggest reasons is if we don't name and own our emotions, they leak out and create all kinds of havoc in our day-to-day lives, in our relationships with those we work with and those we love. Contrary to popular belief, ignoring our emotions doesn't make them go away. They're still there, lurking below the surface, and often arise when we least expect it and least want them to. So what do I mean by our emotions leak out? This can take all kinds of forms. 
For example, our emotions can leak out in our tone or our body language. We might be saying one thing that's kind or cooperative, but our tone can be sharp and our body language can communicate a scowl or withdraw even. Leaking out can take the form of various behavioral choices, such as yelling or attacking someone instead of owning an emotion such as anger, or even making a choice out of fear without actually knowing that we're doing it. The evening news and the front page of whatever news publication you like to read shows us all kinds of various results from our emotions leaking out in the form of our political discourse some of the destructive and harmful commentary out there in the news, and the crimes, quite frankly, that are committed day in and day out. So why does this matter in our jobs? I feel like I could talk at length about this part, but what I'd like to focus on today is on creating psychological safety at work. So you don't have to take my word for it here. Google came out with the results of a massive survey a couple years ago where they looked at 180 plus teams at Google in order to try and figure out what are the key underpinnings of great teams. Psychological safety was on the top of that list. So here's the data and you can read about this on rework.com. The researchers at Google, quote, found that individuals on teams with higher psychological safety are less likely to leave the company, bring in more revenue, they're rated higher, twice twice as effective, excuse me, by executives, and are more likely to harness the power of diverse ideas from their teammates. So what is this thing, psychological safety? The term was first coined by a scientist, Amy Edmondson of Harvard, as a quote, shared belief held by members of a team that the team is safe for interpersonal risk-taking. It's a sense of confidence that the team will not embarrass, reject, or punish someone for speaking up. In her study published in 1999, she wrote, quote, it describes a team climate characterized by interpersonal trust and mutual respect in which people are comfortable being themselves. Now, you can substitute the word team here for any group of people, whether it be small or large. Psychological safety can be established or not between two people or 2,000. It can be in a relationship with a colleague, a couple, a family, or a group of any size. In my work with clients and in my own personal experience, what I have seen is psychological safety is often the exception in the corporate world and unfortunately rather than the norm. And this, as the Google study points out, is a huge missed opportunity. So how do we establish psychological safety? Rework has a great list of suggestions that's worth taking a look at on their website, and we have it up on fuelinterforce.com under resources. Their list includes demonstrate engagement by being present, show understanding, be inclusive in interpersonal settings, be inclusive in decision-making, show confidence and conviction without appearing inflexible. It's really a terrific list. And yet I notice that there's no mention of actually working with what is underneath almost all of this, which is our emotions. We can't have psychological safety on our teams if we're ridiculed, laughed at, ostracized for acknowledging our emotions, or if our leaders don't actually promote that coming into effect. So I'd like to add the following. People are listened to when they speak up. Emotions can be shared and even are invited by a courageous leader. And when they are shared or invited, they're honored. Laughing and sarcasm isn't directed at people who share emotions. And confidentiality, excuse me, is upheld. In order to have psychological safety in our workplaces and drive the innovation that can come from safety, we need to work with our emotions. Maya Angelou said once, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Now, a couple things I'd like to highlight here. Many of us have a positivity bias of some sort, meaning we were taught when we were young that the way through our lives was to, quote, be positive or to, quote, look on the bright side. And positivity Positivity can, of course, be a great thing. Yet when we limit ourselves to only, quote, be positive, we may be limiting the emotions we allow ourselves to feel. 
with this bias, there's actually very little space to welcome or even notice what's happening within us that may fall outside of the positive. Now, it's also common that we label some emotions as negative and others as positive. For the course of this discussion, I'd like to ask that you put down this stance. Although, of course, it makes sense that we would categorize some as positive or negative because some feel better than others, like joy is great and anger and shame may be difficult. The very act of categorizing some emotions as positive and others as negative sets us up to only feel the good ones and to push the bad ones away. And this actually gets in our way. It starts to become a roadblock. In fact, we don't even have to label our emotions as either positive or negative at all. Anger, which is typically thought of as a, quote, negative emotion, isn't necessarily problematic in and of itself unless someone chooses to act on it in an unproductive way. So I'm asking you to put down the stance that some emotions are positive and others are negative and to take up the stance that all emotions are here to be felt and released. One of the skills that we're trying to build in this interforce process is self-attunement. And to build that skill, we can learn to turn towards the experience we're having in the moment, which means we're going to encounter a full range of emotions that might be there. This move, this turn, builds our connection to ourselves because it is in the turning towards that we honor what's happening inside of us rather than pushing it away. I think this passage from Daily Ohm blog by Madison Taylor sums this up beautifully. Quote, when we repress parts of ourselves, they don't go away so much as they get buried deep within us, and they often come out when we least expect it. On the other hand, if we allow ourselves to be fully human, honoring all of the thoughts and feelings and moods that pass through us on a given day, we can create a more conscious relationship with ourselves. Instead of blocking out thoughts and feelings we label as negative, we can simply observe them and then let them go. We need to take a quick break. And we'll be back to hear more about how we can begin to own our emotions and how this fuels our connection with ourselves and with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email 
to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of owning our emotions, and we're going to discuss a few steps that we can take to work with them rather than having them work against us. Now, somewhere along the way, many of us may have learned that the way through difficulty is to turn away from our emotions, to suppress them, or even to pretend we don't have them. Maybe we internalize messages from around us that having emotions or showing them is weak. It's actually quite the opposite. It actually takes tremendous courage to feel our emotions and even more savvy to name them as they are actually occurring. The road to feeling more whole and more connected to ourselves is by feeling the full range of our emotions, whatever they are. Carla McLaren, in her book, The Language of Emotions, articulates a clear vision for what we can do. She says, we must learn to work with our emotions. There is a way to work with our emotions in a respectful and honorable way, which is to direct or convey them along a chosen pathway in a conscientious manner. We can take our emotions into our own hands. We can listen to them, feel them consciously, and express them in ways that bolster our self-image and our relationships, rather than tearing them down. We've created a simple framework to communicate the keys to owning emotion. It translates into five steps that involve tapping into the power of our three centers of our being to support us in this process, our head, heart, and body. Step one is to tune in. Step two is to stay just for a few minutes. Three is to name it. Four, to know the choice we have with it. And five, to take action. So let's break each of these down. Step one, to tune in. The first step in owning our emotions is recognizing them. As many of you know, we've introduced the practice of mindfulness as a part of this inner force process. And it can be a huge support to us in noticing that we're having an emotion. Without turning towards the present moment, it's likely that we'll blow right by whatever emotion we're having. Now, previously, we've talked about how turning towards ourselves can be uncomfortable because we start to encounter these difficult emotions that we may have been avoiding. And if an emotion is uncomfortable, we might be reaching for our phone or other distraction of choice. In fact, you can start to pay attention to how this manifests for you. You can stop and notice every time you reach for your phone, Are you reaching because you have an actual task to complete, like an email to send or a call to make? Or are you surfing around your phone for no specific reason or goal in mind in order to distract yourself from something? If you sense that distraction may be at work, see if you can inquire into what is underneath your impulse to grab your phone. Now, by being present, we mean bringing our attention to the emotion By bringing our attention to the emotion, we acknowledge it, and often by just that very act, it will begin to shift. So instead of our attention being in our thoughts or about the emotion or in any judgment that we might be having about the fact that we're having an emotion, we can simply bring our attention to what is occurring right then. When Oprah asked Thich Nhat Hanh, what do you do in a challenging moment, he replied, All you have to do is breathe mindfully and recognize the feeling. You can recognize the situation and help yourself not to be overwhelmed by the feeling like fear or anxiety. You are still yourself. It's like a mother. When the baby is crying, she picks up the baby and she holds the baby tenderly in her arms. Your pain, your anxiety is your baby. You have to take care of it. You have to go back to yourself, recognize the suffering in you, Embrace the suffering and you get relief. I think this is such a beautiful articulation of this path to owning our emotions. So step two is to stay. And that's part of what uh, Thich Nhat Hanh was speaking to. We can trust ourselves to stay with the emotions and any physical sensations that may be arising. Now, it may be that this emotion brings up something uncomfortable, an uncomfortable sensation or physiological reaction in our body. And this is where we can use the power of our physical body to help hold that reaction through accessing our breath in conscious breathing and by feeling our own groundedness, our body on the chair if we're sitting or if we're standing through the strength in our legs and our feet going into the floor. 
you can refer to our discussion on tapping into the awareness of our physical body from a few weeks ago to hear more of the how of this part. And if there's any part of staying with the physical sensation that feels just way too overwhelming or uncomfortable, we recommend seeking support from a trained therapist who could help us navigate what's happening. So we do have a physiological response in our body that comes with emotion, and we can start to investigate what these are. When we bring our presence to the physiological response, we'll notice that it can pass through us pretty quickly. Some research says as quick as 90 seconds. Jill Bolte-Taylor, the famous brain scientist who had a life-altering stroke, says, quote, emotion only lasts in our body for about 90 seconds. After that, the physical reaction dissipates unless our cognitive brain kicks in and starts connecting our anger with past events. So what does she mean by, quote, our cognitive brain kicks in? This is where we can bring back the notion that we've talked about over the course of this series of shows, that we are in fact wired with story-making capability that allows us to make sense of the world using past experience. It's a natural way that we process what's happening with us. Our story-making capability is full of past experiences of history, which may be true, but in fact irrelevant to the current moment. And it can also be chock full of assumptions that may not be accurate. And all of this has an impact on the emotion that we're having. We want to begin to know the way that we use our story-making efforts to make sense of the world around us. We suggested bringing in the work of Byron Katie and her four questions that can have us start to break down the story that we're telling ourselves about a situation. Those four questions are, one, is it true? Two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? This is where the emotional and uh, the emotion and the physiological response gets triggered. And then four, who would you be without that thought? These are incredibly powerful questions, and they're available on thework.com. So step one is tune in. Step two is to stay with it for 90 seconds. Step three is to name it. We can name the emotion we're having. And we can either use a short and simple list, which we'll go into today, or we can step into expanding our emotions vocabulary. The short and simple list of emotions that we're going to use today are the five basics. Fear, anger, sadness, shame, and joy. Now, of course, if you want to get more granular, that can be hugely beneficial. And the Language of Emotions book by Carla McLaren that I referenced earlier is a terrific resource for that. But today we're going to stay with the short list. Now, one way to begin to name the emotion is to pay attention to the physiological reaction in our bodies that we just discussed. Each emotion will have a different physiological sensation in our body, and we can learn what those are. For example, what does joy feel like in your body? What does anger feel like? For a fun illustration of this, you can watch the movie Inside Out, which provides a fantastic peek into the world inside each of us. Now, shame, another one on our list, is an emotion with vast power. And unfortunately, we can't do that justice today, but it is well worth investigation. The work of Brene Brown is a terrifically powerful resource on shame. And honestly, one of the most important pieces of work that I've done in my own journey is investigating what shame feels like in my body so that I can spot it. A few tools that we've covered in previous episodes are super helpful in recognizing and naming emotions, which include mindfulness and the zones of regulation framework. And particularly, when we combine these two together, this cultivates the capacity within us to become aware and naming whatever is happening in our system in that moment. For some of us, now naming an emotion may be hard to do. We may know that we're feeling something, but we don't know what it is. We're going to introduce a practice later uh, in the show to address this difficulty, as well as to start to practice creating psychological safety. Step four is the choice. We can learn that we have a choice of what to do with our emotions. We can act out the emotion by yelling at someone in anger, eating to cover up sadness, for example, or skipping right on over joy and going straight to imagining the worst possible turn of events. Or the alternative is that we can pause. So let's take some examples. We can pause when an emotion is arising and feel that emotion fully. 
like with joy. Have you ever noticed if you feel joy fully in a moment? Most of us actually don't. And of course, what a sad thing. That's such a missed opportunity. We can pause with an emotion like anger and say something like, I'm feeling angry. I need a minute. I'm going to take a few deep breaths and, or a short walk to attend to myself and I'll be back. We can pause with fear and notice that we're about to make a decision not to do something driven by our fear. Or we can feel the fear and act anyway. We call this practicing courage and we'll spend time, more time on this next week. Leveraging the power of the pause changes absolutely everything. In the pause, we stop our habitual reaction and give ourselves a chance to make a more conscious choice. Now, step five is to take action. This is about stepping into taking a conscious action that has us show up in the way we intend. And of course, if and when we don't, which will happen, we can take the step, the action to take responsibility for it. Now, we need to take a quick break, and we'll be back for our New Ventures West segment, in which we'll speak to Angela Akawa, who is both a psychotherapist and a certified integral coach who will share her experience on this topic. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, in our New Ventures West segment, we're super fortunate to have Angela Akawa with us. Angela works with individuals and organizations interested in taking personal and professional development to the next level. Utilizing a background in design, technology, and psychology, she helps entrepreneurs, new managers, and teams build capacity to navigate the challenges of diversity and difference. Angela brings mindfulness and embodied awareness to how we relate as human beings, both with each other and with ourselves. Her training includes the Hakomi Method, Depth Psychology, Integral Coaching, 
and cross-cultural communications. She has a coaching practice and psychotherapy practice in San Francisco as well as Sacramento. Angela, thank you so much for joining us today. So grateful to be here. So as you know, we're talking about how we can work with our emotions rather than having our emotions work against us. And in our conversation the other day, you spoke a little bit about your experience in witnessing a relationship between emotions and burnout in the workplace. Uh And I was hoping you could share a bit more about your take on that. Sure. Yeah, so oftentimes people come to me, and I would imagine most coaches, when they're burning out at work or have burned out. And what usually happens is people miss the signs that they're burning out. It usually shows up in the body or in the motions, and they just miss the signs. And then they're shutting down, they have extreme fatigue, or they need to take a break from work. And I think when we talked, there are some pieces to burnout that... Um, are important to mention. Cognitive dissonance, for many people familiar with this, is that internal conflict between, you know, when you feel something and when you think you should be feeling something different. And when we don't pay attention to those missed signals, we just, it just starts to gnaw at us. And we start to just feel depleted and just confused. We organize differently around it. Some people get angry. Some people shut down. And for Many people, and especially you know, people who are at these wonderful jobs, and it's just amazing, and they're so grateful to be there, but maybe the commute's too long, or they're not spending as much time with their, their young children, and it's just eating at them. And they, if, they don't, if they're not able to tune into their emotions and sense what's there, then they're not going to be able to make these tough decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so so much for sharing that piece. And Mm -hmm. so when it comes to emotions, and that's what we've been talking about through the course of today, which is a a way to start to own those emotions, to tune into them and get present and to trust ourselves to stay, right? And then name them and know we have choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was wondering if you could speak to maybe a little bit more about the process of tuning in. Uh-huh. in terms of how we can tactically do that in the midst of our busy lives and working lives. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a practice. It's something that we have to intentionally do and in some ways make a commitment to do because it's we're looking at something that for many people is unconscious, that we don't right. think about emotions when we're at work. And so what I like to do is I like to just start with just a physical sensation of being able to check in. How is my body feeling right now? And, you know, am I tense? Where am I tense? And then when I can follow the experience of what's happening in my body, I can usually locate the emotion. And this may look like, say, you're at a meeting and you just scan your body really quickly. For me, usually when I'm feeling upset and I don't know it, my hands are in, like, clutching each other or gripping the armchair handle. And um, I can usually just take a moment, sense underneath that and go, wow, I'm actually not agreeing with what this person's saying. And I can feel that emotion of you know, frustration or anger or something coming up that way. So just a simple like just tuning in, noticing it, or if you can't do it in the moment, right after the meeting, writing it down, just reflecting back, well, what came up for me? What was there? Mm-hmm. And then doing that right after makes it so much easier to notice because if you think back five hours, you're probably not going to remember. Right, right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice recommendation. And it seems to me that this is, you know, what you're bringing up, that there's this link between burnout and missing the signs of what's happening in our emotional body. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, one of the core reasons for doing this this entire Inner Force show, because mm-hmm. what we're trying to highlight here is that when we're connected with ourselves, we have more capacity and we have more understanding of what it is that we need in the moment mm-hmm. or in a larger moment like a job where we're working really hard for really, mm-hmm. you know, in, really intensely for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And so it is this way of 
how am I checking in with myself on a regular basis? And what are the key pieces of checking in with myself? So this idea of bringing in the emotions, of course, that we're focusing on today. But I love that you use the body as the way in, you know, Uh and noticing those places where we're feeling tense or constricted um, as a way to flag that something's off. And then we can start Uh to inquire. Right. Yeah. So, and, and today we've been talking about the sort of big five emotions um, and of fear, anger, sadness, shame, and joy. And I think particularly when we're not familiar with uh, paying attention to our emotions, that starting with those five can be a nice place to start. But I know when you and I talked, you um, highlighted the work of uh, Carla McLaren, who in her book, Language of Emotions, goes into a really deeper set of emotions. And um, I was wondering if you might speak to what you see as the benefit of developing a deeper vocabulary of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... I mean, the more emotions that you can name, the better you can communicate. I mean, it's just clearly that. So, I mean, just not at work, but also in your personal life where you can, instead of acting out your emotions, you can talk about them. And I work a lot with people who are engaging with diversity, inclusion, challenges, and initiatives. And these are emotions are coming up constantly in those spaces. People are getting triggered or upset or just just lots of conflict could be coming up. And if we don't have a more nuanced idea of emotions, we really can't communicate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. I think it's, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, part of what we're naming as, as a part of this process of, you know, kind of key tenants of owning our emotional lives is being Mm -hmm. able to name it. And then exactly what you said, know that we have choice, you know, that, that is so important. And to create that pause uh, Mm -hmm. between the emotion that I'm having and what I'm choosing to do from an action perspective, that there's a place there to pause and to Mm -hmm. make a choice, a conscious choice. And Mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just um, in some ways saying a little bit more of the same thing. But yeah, the pause is so important and that quiet for a moment with yourself just to notice what's there rather mm-hmm. than jumping to saying something mm-hmm. can give you so much insight into mm-hmm. what emotions are there. Yes. Wow. Yes. I think that's so true. And for me, and one thing I've been working on with clients is when there's something that feels so urgent that I have to speak about right this second, mm-hmm. that that sense of urgency can actually be a signal that there's something we need to stop and pause and slow down and stay with and see what that is. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because often there's something big coming up for us. And if we just urgently do what is our habitual pattern to do, then it may go in a way that we don't really want it to. Exactly. Especially in conversations that are filled with conflict or just difficult conversations. If you feel urgency coming up, the exact, you know, correct thing in that moment is to pause, to not follow through because there's something operating in you that you're probably not conscious of. Yeah. Habitual. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, right, right. That age old integral coaching sort of piece around when you feel, know, start to know your habitual patterns and inclination and start to make some different choices. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, as we uh, talk about the pause, it seems like one of the practices that we've been introducing over over the course of this in our force process is mindfulness Uh and how we can start to take an activity that we do already already during our day, like washing the dishes or eating our lunch and bringing a a new level of attention to uh, tracking our attention. 
and mm-hmm. staying with ourselves and coming back to being in the moment when and doing the thing that we're paying attention to what we're doing when we're doing it. And so I'm wondering, I know you use mindfulness in your practice with people. Is there a way that you use it with leaders that helps support this pause piece? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, mindfulness and the pause. It's oftentimes when dealing with, and, and dealing with emotions and the pause, it's around, I, I try and build their capacity first. And maybe a bit yeah. of the things kind of that you're talking about, washing the dishes, those are great. But at work, being able to just be in your body a bit more, we're often in our heads thinking about the next thing, to-dos and, and all that. So just feeling the ground beneath your feet, even feeling just your feet yeah. and just sensing them or being able, um, one of my favorite ones that many clients like to do is like when they move through the doorway, like a, they push a door, turn a door knob. Yes. In that moment of transition, just really feeling it and then feeling what you're feeling in that moment. What emotions are there? You know, yeah, beautiful. Of, you know, urgency or anger or anything. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to take a quick break and we'll be right back mm-hmm. to continue our conversation with Angela and introduce our practice of the week. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We're talking today about the power of owning our emotions, and we're talking with Angela Okawa, who is trained in three powerful healing modalities. She's a psychotherapist, a certified integral coach, and is also trained in the Hakomi Method. So, Angela, one of the things that we haven't covered yet in this investigation of emotions that you brought in earlier, which I think is so important to this work, is what is a trigger? And maybe you could speak a little bit to what that is and how we might know that we're triggered. Great, yeah. Well, a trigger um, is used, that word is used a lot, especially in the work around diversity, inclusion, and belonging initiatives. And there's a lot of different definitions that are out there that people use. I like to just call it is when we start feeling strong emotions that arise like fight or flight or just very reactive emotions that overpower us. I like to say that that's probably true that you're triggered in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad word. It's not something that we should feel upset about feeling. It's a little uncomfortable, but, and it, it shows up differently for all of us. So for me, what I learned about when I'm triggered is that I, the first thing I notice is just my body's tense. You know, that Mm -hmm. like we mentioned earlier, my hands are gripping or, or I'm just holding my shoulders up high. Those are my tells 
And so I like to invite other people, my, you know, my clients and anyone else listening, just to start recognizing your tells of when you're activated or triggered. A story, um, if there's time, just real quick, of how, an example of triggering, of how triggered, um, being triggered can, can happen. Talking to a friend of mine, male friend, and he's talking about his wife, and a dear friend of mine, I know his wife, and suddenly he uses the word irrational when talking about her. And that's a trigger word or can be, you know, and that brought up something in me. I started to get tunnel vision and like a tribal feeling with other women. Like, wait a minute, who's this man calling, calling us irrational? And I caught Mm -hmm. myself going through those motions and going, wait a minute, I'm triggered right now. And so I took a deep breath and that's the self-regulation to know for knowing you're triggered and relaxing, grounding. And I was suddenly able to see my friend who's just really suffering in his relationship. But I was also able to mention that word and why I got triggered and why that's a word, you know, stereotypically used to name women as, um, as you know, not intelligent or emotionally overreactive. It's a stereotype. And so just being able to recognize when we're activated and calming down can still keep us in the conversation rather than... Um, tuning out or shutting down. Yeah, that's that's great. And it and it seems to me that part of how we start to work with it is back to this pause mm-hmm. that we were bringing in earlier and and also perhaps to to name to even say like something's happening right now. Like I'm feeling really activated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to sort of stay with that. And it, to, to step out if we need to, you know, to take a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how would a business meeting, our business culture be so different if when somebody was activated, instead of screaming at somebody, which I've seen lots in the yeah. corporate world in my experience, um, instead of that, that launch of a personal attack on someone or attacking mm-hmm. somebody's work even, that there's that person takes a pause and mm-hmm. steps out of the room and does what you're saying in terms of self-regulation. Like, how would that change the way that we work together? It would be it would, extraordinary. Yeah. Well, the environment wouldn't be so uh, toxic, you know, emotionally, where everyone's just throwing their emotions around at each other. You yeah. know, instead, you could own it and go, I'm really angry here. I don't agree yeah. with what you're saying. Right. Right. And very there's not, I think very different. And there's nothing wrong with being angry. I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we've been trying to do over the course of this process is normalize that there's nothing wrong with what's happening, but let's mm-hmm. pay attention to what's happening and, uh, and then own the way that we and the choices that we make around it. Exactly. Yeah. So unfortunately, we, our time is so short, we have to wrap up. Uh, but thank you so much, Angela, for joining us. It's been terrific to have you and your expertise here with us today. My pleasure. I enjoyed it tremendously. Great. Thank you. And it's that time in the show where we're going to introduce the practice of the week. And this is located, a recap of this is on fuelinnerforce.com if you want to download it there. And what we're going to do here is recommend that over the course, once, over the course of the next week, that you check in with yourself and do what we're calling a daily weather report and inquiry. And we're going to ask that you do this or recommend that you do this actually with a partner. And so the first step is to choose someone that you trust who would be willing to listen for five minutes. And the the, what we're hoping to do is get this person's agreement to listen without interrupting, without commenting, and to honor confidentiality, that whatever is shared here stays between the two of us. And that this may sound a little silly, but to set a timer for five minutes, so it's actually the time has a beginning and an end, and that you go ahead and start talking about whatever's happening. It might be a trigger, for example, or something that you're feeling really urgently about, uh, very that has to be solved, you know, right this second. Um, and to talk about what's true for you about what's happening, try and access your emotions, and you can refer to the keys, the key tenets of owning our emotions, the tune in, stay, name it, know that we have a choice, and decide what action to take as a way to talk about this. 
And so your partner is going to listen for five minutes. And at the end, you just say thank you. And you can offer to do the same for them if they'd like. And what we're doing here, I want to spend a minute on the why. So I have seen this over and over be powerful as a way to process and understand something that's happening for yourself while someone else is witnessing you and holding space. And it's actually a way that we can do what we've been talking about earlier today, which is create a psychologically safe space and feel what that feels like to experience and you know, most likely once we've had that experience of a psychologically safe space where someone is just holding time for us to navigate through, to pause about something that feels really important or big in us, we'll really want to do it more and actually create it for those of us around us. So that's the practice. You can go to Fuel Interforce to download it. And you can also send us your questions and comments there. We'd really love to hear from you. So that concludes today's show. You can tune in next week when we talk about the power of practicing courage. Courage isn't something we're born with. It's something that we can learn to cultivate. And as we get familiar with how fear shows up for us in our lives, we can learn tricks of how to engage with it so that we're in the driver's seat instead of making decisions based on fear. Any meaningful conversation about courage has to step into the territory of vulnerability. We'll wade right in and we'll talk about why it matters in our leadership. In our New Ventures West segment, we'll be live from London with Justin Wise, a New Ventures West senior faculty member and founder of Third Space Coaching in the UK. As we step into practicing courage, we can access deeper dimensions of ourselves, our teams, and our individual and collective capacity. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. We hope you'll join us next week here on the Voice America Business Channel on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. The most important connection we have is the one that we cultivate with ourselves. Take time to connect with yourself every day. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise.